You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk today about relationships. And I'm using for my foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40. It says, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question saying, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, or the scriptures. The Christian life can be described in one word. Relationship. Relationships. Relationships are at the core of Christian living. Jesus teaches this in in the Gospel of Matthew. We also, also need to remember that Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament scriptures. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. When it says he came to fulfill, that doesn't mean he fulfilled it and then that's null and void. The word of God is very precious, both new and and Old Testaments. It's all the Word of God. We can learn a lot from the experiences of others as well. So relationship with God and with one another is still top priority within the family of God. Love. Above everything else, if we can love God and we can love each other, It's amazing what we will be able to do in our church and in our community that will affect hundreds and thousands of people. More than we could ever imagine, more more people than we ever know will be affected. So first of all, I want to look at relationship with God. Having a personal relationship with God begins the moment that we admit that we are sinners and in faith receive Jesus as our Savior. That's our introduction to him. Now, you and I have been introduced to a lot of people over the years. And once we've been introduced to that person, it is basically up to us as to how far we want that relationship to go. 
It can be as sort of a thing as a hi and bye. Bye. You get the, the uh, accent? Yes, yes, I'm sure you do. And uh, God desires to have a close relationship with us. He don't want it to be just casual once in a while. He wants a steady, total, intimate relationship with you and I. That's where you get the most out of the relationship. Before the fall, both Adam and Eve knew God in an intimate, personal way. They walked, the Bible says, and talked with God. The Bible says that God would come down in his presence at the, in the cool of the day, in the cool of the evening, and talk with Adam. But sin broke that relationship and caused separation from God. Just as God had said, the moment that you eat that, that, of that fruit, you will die. And there was a death that took place there because death is actual, it's separation. The relationship died. There wasn't that close, intimate relationship anymore. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve hid themselves. They knew it was about time that God was going to appear in his presence and they couldn't Imagine being in his presence knowing that they had disobeyed him. How many know that this wasn't a surprise to God? You see, he's the all-knowing God. This didn't blindside God. He knew it was going to happen. In fact, the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, God had planned redemption. Now, these are things that are way beyond us. We, thinking in our mind, you know, like, for one thing, if we knew that something wasn't going to work the way that we had wanted it to, we probably wouldn't even start it. But God had a plan. He planned redemption before Adam and Eve ever chose to disobey him. Revelation 13.8 says, All who dwell on the earth will worship him one day, whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was slain before the world was formed. That's awesome. The death of Jesus Christ was in the predetermined program of God planned before the foundation of the world. It was not an isolated event. It was not an afterthought. It was God's plan to restore that broken relationship. Because of what Adam did, that relationship, that broken relationship follows right down to this very day. There are people who are born and they really are good, moral, living people. They're very nice. They do all kinds of good deeds. 
If there's somebody hurting somewhere, they're the first to be on the spot. But the thing is, that do not restore a relationship, the broken relationship that was done by Adam. Now every one of us, every individual man and woman has to make that relationship renewed again. Jesus' life and death and resurrection has given us the opportunity to spend eternity in his presence if we only receive his offer of eternal life, and that offer is found in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. Have you ever received a gift and you just really didn't appreciate it, but you probably said, well, it's just what I wanted, with tongue in cheek. But you put it on a shelf somewhere or stored it away somewhere, and then maybe a year or so later you came across it. And you realized, hey, I can really use this. This is, this is profitable to me. But until you took it and opened it and began to use it, it was of no value to you. And that's the way it is with the gift of God, which is eternal life. If you never open the gift, if you never receive it, then you cannot experience what it means to lay your head on the pillow at night and know that you are safe in the arms of Jesus. Whether you live or die, you are the Lord. To, to die and be with Christ is far better. And so you turn on your news and you hear all of the ugly things that are going on all over the world and you wonder what in the world is going to happen next. But you're not worried, you're not anxious because your peace is with God. You know that he's in control and that he is, he is guiding you, your ship, on your journey through life. More than anything else today, God wants you to fellowship with him. Having a, a personal relationship with God means we include him in all of our daily lives. We communicate with him regularly by prayer and the word and meditation. You know, there's something beautiful about reading a portion of scripture and then closing the book and just thinking on it, meditating on what that means and what God is saying to you. And just reading a little prayer and say, Lord, I don't fully understand this one, but would you just show me? Would you just, just give me some revelation on what that means for me? It's amazing what God will do when we just reach out to him and say, Lord, I want to know. Because God said, if you, his word says, if you lack wisdom, ask him and he will give it to you. He won't hold back from you. You think that, well, pastors, you know, they know so much. You know, they've studied so much and everything. They know so much. 
Pastors don't know any more than you know. But the Holy Spirit does for me what he will do for every one of you in the congregation if you will just take his word seriously, open it up, read it, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Sometimes we can get so caught up in striving to please God in the things that we do that we forget our first and highest calling is just to be in fellowship with him. That's what God wants from me. That's what God wants from you. Sure, he loves it when you are busy and you're winning souls and all of these things, but first and foremost, he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants to have a relationship with you. Just think, God longs for us just wanting to be in his presence. And so, as we're talking about an intimate relationship with God, many people will ask, how can I get closer to God? How can I hold a conversation with God who doesn't audibly speak back to me, or at least I don't hear him speaking to me? That's the idea, isn't it? Do you ever get a little feel a little second-class Christian citizen when somebody is always telling you what God said to them? And you're saying, hmm, you know, like, do I really know the Lord? God is always speaking to them, and they're never speaking to me. But you see, the thing is, we learn to listen. We learn to tune our spiritual ears to what the Holy Spirit is saying. God is speaking all the time. God is always giving us direction, giving us a check in our spirit. Don't do that. Don't go there. That's okay. Yes, that's right. You know, forgive that person. Forgive them. Oh, they they did the same thing again, Lord. I'll never forgive them this time. Forgive them. If they do it to you seven times a day, do it again. If they do it seven times seventy, you got to forgive them. Keep forgiving because there's a, there is a power in that that goes way beyond anything that the human mind can understand. First, let's consider the word intimate. That word has become cheapened because of our culture's obsession with sex. The Hollywood meaning of intimacy is nothing like what God intends for you and I. It with each other and with him. Jesus is the essence of an intimate relationship with people and with God. Jesus is God revealed to us in the flesh. The gospel introduces us to Jesus in a way that far surpasses today's best technology. As we meditate on the word of Jesus, we discover the love, the compassion, and the tenderness of God. The gospels explains God to us, God the Father to us in a way that we had never, we would ever, never know by reading just the Old Testament. But when Jesus comes on the scene and he says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father also. 
we get to know the love and the compassion of a loving father who cared so much that he gave Jesus his only son so that you and I could have eternal life. The Gospels introduces us to Jesus in a way that far surpasses the best technology. God speaks to us through his word. It becomes a personal love letter to us. A spiritual transformation takes place, and we're radically changed, and we can't, we can't really explain how it happens. But it is radical. I have the privilege of, 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 of seeing a gang, a gang members brought to Jesus Christ. One guy in particular, his special job on, in the gang was to break the legs and the arms and the hands and the fingers and some other things when people wouldn't pay up. And when he became a born-again believer, he became a teddy bear. And he wouldn't give me the time of day before he knew Jesus as his Savior. He didn't care nothing about a church or a church people. But now he was one of them. And what a change that took place in his life. When you are intimate with someone, you want to share the secrets of your heart. And Jesus already knows everything there is to know about me. And he knows everything there is to know about you. Past, present, and get this, future. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. Amen? Amen. And some of the things that some of us are going to do are not too nice. But he loved us, the Bible says, when we were still sinners, and he still loves us. And even if we sin, it doesn't change his love for us. Amen? But he's a just God. And we shouldn't presume upon that love. The fact that he loves us does not negate the fact that the soul that sins shall die. And so that's why we need to keep short accounts with God. Because we don't know when he's coming back again. Or we don't know when we're going to die. You know, you look at an old guy like me, and you say, well, he, you know, he's got one foot in the grave. <laughs> but some of you young gaffers, I could be doing your funeral yet. Do you understand that? Do you see how that's the reality of life, folks? We don't need to put our head in the sand and say, you know, it'll never happen to me. We've all got an appointment with death. And so we need to be very, very careful. And so when we know, when we're aware that we have done something that is wrong or we are doing something that is wrong, we need to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. That's all he wants. He wants us to be aware that when we of right and wrong and when we are know that we're doing wrong, we'd stop doing it. That's not so hard, is it? 
If you're addicted in some way and you just can't get rid of it, get the, the elders of the church to gather around you and pray. If you're possessed with the devil, they can cast them out. If you're oppressed by the devil, we can cast them away. Amen? If you have a sickness in your body, we can pray, lay hands on you. And in some cases, we can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And in that very moment, you will be made whole. One thing, when you get off on a little rabbit trail, you, find, you forget where you were at. <laughs> well, we'll start right here, anyway. When you are intimate with someone, you want to share the secrets of your heart. I said that. I remember that. <laughs> when you share yourself in relationship with Jesus, when you talk to him often and step out in faith, he will reward you by giving you more of himself. So the more that you, of you that you give to him, the more of him he will give to you. And otherwise, is, as the Bible says, draw near unto him, and he will draw near unto you. So take courage. Don't be held back by your fears. Jesus is for you. He's not against you. You mess up. Well, join the club. We all mess up. But we're not going to stay in that rut. We are striving to be more like Jesus every day. And so we will just go to him with our faults and our failures and ask him to help us to be stronger the next time around. When two people are intimate, they don't need words. Husbands and wives, as well as best friends, know the pleasure of simply being together, being in each other's presence. And they can enjoy each other's company, <clears throat> even in silence. I know it's not that I forget, <clears throat> not that I forget that I've said this before. I've said it umpteen times in this church in the last 16 years. But I'm going to say it again because it's true. Amen? <clears throat> Just, uh, like uh, Effie and I can drive for hours. I've said that before. We can drive for hours in the car. We can go to Edmonton, probably not say half a dozen words the whole trip. You, you, you think that's a bit strange? Well, maybe it is, but I'll tell you why. Like, I can look over at Effie and say, Effie, I love you. And she can respond and say, I love you too. And I know, she knows that what I said is true. I didn't just say for something. It's just I love her and I appreciate her. And, uh, and, and the same for me. So it's reciprocal. But just knowing that Effie is near is a comfort to me. I probably do most of my sermons at home. I do some touch-up work and sometimes some preliminary work in my office. But I'm always open to anyone who's read it, wants to come and wants to talk, wants counsel or whatever. And so, uh, but in the quiet of my home, and just knowing that Effie and I are there, we love each other, and uh, we've got no issues with each other is just so beautiful. Just knowing that Jesus is near is a comfort to me as well. 
And knowing that I've, I'm keeping short accounts with God and I'm, I'm making sure that I, I, I keep my life in tune with Him through prayer and the Word. Knowing that Jesus Christ is the most exciting relationship that I can have. There are many exciting things concerning your relationship with Christ. Your sins are forgiven. That's an exciting thing. To know that you're forgiven. All sin. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The amazing grace of God. Falling down on you and I like rain. That's something. Praise the Lord. Another exciting thing is that you are a child of God. Now that I'm born again, I'm a part of the family of God. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Wow. That's powerful. That's rich. John, uh, uh, John 1, 12 and 13 says, But as many as received him... Everyone who has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Amen? So we're children of God. Another exciting thing is that you have a new life now. You're different. That boggles the, the greatest minds. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things has gone, the old has gone, and the new has come. Amen. And another exciting thing is, you possess and I possess eternal life, now and forever. We're living it out now. We have the assurance now. But a million, billion years from now, although the eternity is not going to be measured in time like, like we measure it, but for our understanding, a billion years from now will still be going on with something that God has prepared that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared. But God has prepared something so wonderful, so awesome, that is so much better than the best day you've ever had on this planet. He's got, he's got something better than that prepared for us. Amen? And it's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Don't try to understand it. Just believe it. The Bible says it. Amen. These wonderful benefits are based totally on Jesus Christ. None of them can be earned. You receive them the moment you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Even though feelings are important, your relationship with Christ is based on faith, not feelings. Feelings can change every day. You can be jumping 10 feet off the ground. Now, that, that's an exaggeration, isn't it? But 
Well, for me, I get my heels off the ground sometimes. You know, like I still can, I still got no strength in my toes to be able to do this, you know. But, but uh, some of you are much more limber than that. But, uh, you know, you can be feeling quite happy in church. And something can happen by the time you get in your car that it ruins the rest of your week. But that doesn't change your faith in God. That doesn't change the fact that you've got a relationship with him. Amen? Those of you who know how to take that to the Lord, you can get rid of that pretty quick anyway. Jesus indicated relationship with others is the next one. Jesus indicated that our priority was to have a, a proper vertical relationship with God and then a proper horizontal re- relationship with our fellow man. God's relationships begins with a commitment to loyalty. We're loyal to one another. We, 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 we appreciate one another. We esteem others higher than ourselves. We appreciate you the way that God made you. You know, you may not, you may be totally different than me. You may have different ideas and different beliefs. But I appreciate the fact that God has made you the way you are. You've got some characteristics that uniquely make you you. And when someone mentions your name, you can, you can, you can just can see in your mind's eye, you can see that person. There are some things about them that sticks out. Uh, I, I read this story, a group of friends who went deer hunting, they, they separated into pairs for the day. That night, the hunters returned alone, Stag, one hunter, the hunters returned and, and one hunter uh, returned alone, staggering under the weight of an eight-point buck. Is that pretty good? Amen? Anyway... Um, the other hunters asked him, where's Harry? And the, other, the man said, well, Harry fainted up the trail there a long ways. And so, and the others couldn't believe it. They said, you mean you left Harry lying in the trail and came home, with, came on to the camp with the buck? And he said, yeah. He said, it was a tough call. He said, but I knew nobody's going to steal Harry. <laughs> the people closest to you need to know that you're important to them. They need to know that they have your loyalty. And when they're in a difficult place, you're going to have their back. That's what it means to be a part of the family of God. So when you hear someone saying something negative about another brother or sister in Christ, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter if they have a Baptist tag or a Lions tag or a Catholic tag or a Lutheran tag, or an Anglican tag, or a United Church tag. 
They're your brother and sister in Christ. And don't stand by and listen to someone tear them down and give them the indication that, yeah, I'm with you, brother. Don't kick your brothers and sisters when they're down. Lift them up. If somebody is, is, is giving a negative report about someone, say, hey, listen, first of all, let's pray about it. And, I, and the other thing is, I really don't appreciate talking about somebody else because I don't have, all, the only information I have right now is what you are giving me. And that could be terribly wrong. I'd like to hear both sides of the story. But we do know, you and I do know someone who knows both sides of the story. Our God who knows everything. Amen? Proverbs 18.24 says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Friends may include companions or acquaintances. There are difference between knowing a person on the surface level and having a valued relationship with someone. An acquaintance is a person you get along with as long as everything goes well between both of you. Friends stays with you no matter, no matter what. I'm going to close with this. I, I got a lot more notes than I needed today. But... Uh, <clears throat> There's an illustration in the Old Testament. We read of a love story about a man named Hosea. Hosea and his wife, Gomer. Hosea's love for his wife is used as a metaphor for God's love for us. Hosea loved his wife even though she was a prostitute and an adulteress. After Gomer had deserted Hosea, he went looking for her. And he found her on an auction block, being sold as a prostitute slave. At the auction, Hosea bought her, bought her his own wife. He bought her back and ask her to come back home with him. And this is what Hosea says. In Hosea chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and litage of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man and I will live with you. That's God. You may have turned your back on him. You may have done a lot of things that is against what God says and against God's word. But he's saying to you, I've paid the price. I want you to come back. I want you to come home. Maybe you're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter today. And you need to know that God still loves you. 
you need to know that God still cares. You need to know that the church is waiting for you with open arms. You may have felt that the church did you wrong. Maybe the pastor didn't stand up for you the way that you thought he should. But listen, folks, even though as a pastor I have a tremendous responsibility to do what is right and to do things according to God's word, but I'm not God. And when you and I stand before God one day, the things that we are going to be judged for is how we handle the word of God. Have I believed what God's word said? Have I been doing what God's word has asked me to do? Nothing else. All of the hurts and all of the failures and all of the garbage that goes on in churches can't be an excuse for you not serving the Lord. We stand before God, our maker, based upon what he has given us in his word. So let's let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts. We're going to have a great time eating poutine and a little while and chips and gravy. But a few minutes remaining. If you need to make some serious decisions in your walk with the Lord. Whether you're a prodigal son, and a prodigal son is, or a daughter is a man or a woman who once was on fire for God, and they attended the church, and they were involved in the church, and then for some reason something happened and they walked away. Sometimes it has been something like losing a loved one, and you figure that God took them from you before the time was right. Other things may be someone has done something bad to you, and you just can't live with that anymore. But whatever it is, it's time to give it up. It's time to lay it down. It's time to say, Lord... I understand, I sense in my spirit that you're doing something. And there's a stirring in my spirit right now, and I want to answer that. You may not fully know or fully realize what is happening in your heart this very moment. But the Holy Spirit is doing a work. And you need to do something about it. Hey. When, when we get to the, to the line up there, there's going to be enough left that if everybody else has gone to the line and you're the last one, there'll still be something left for you and I. Amen? I'm willing to stay here with you until you get through with God today. How's that? That's my, that's my pledge to you. I'll stay with you as long as you need to get things right with God. If you need healing in your body, come. We believe in a God who heals. Praise the Lord. 
So Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for what you've been doing in this service today. Father, I, first of all, I pray, Lord, for the, for the meal that is, has, is being prepared. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless our time of fellowship together. But right now in this sanctuary, Lord, we want to do business with you. And so, Holy Spirit, do your work. And I pray, Lord, that those that you're speaking to would take the courage, Lord, to take a step of faith and to believe you for the need in their life this very day. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Lord bless you. You need prayer, you come. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.